This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. They're here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we've got Kirk McElhern, who is sometimes known as the iTunes guy, and he's going to explain whether or not he's going to buy one of those new nifty MacBook Pros with the touch bar. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from our old friend Sean Ani from Techno Buffalo. An action packed episode of the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> and by the way, neighbors, this week we're being heard on another station, yet another station in Lubbock, Texas, this time. And it has nothing to do with the fact that years ago there was a very famous UFO sighting in Lubbock, Texas. But we welcome all our listeners there. Okay, Kirk, let's get started with a couple of things here. And I wanted to, before we really get start dark and dirty, I wanted to look at my own predictions about Because you made predictions about what? The touch bar. Okay. I said some very basic things about it. I didn't know it would be called touch bar. Some people were saying magic bar or magic touch bar because Apple has this thing for magic. But they made it simpler, which is good. Okay, When they said in the rumors context sensitive, I said, well, there must be an API for developers. And of course, the new Xcode 8.1 has the support. I was skeptical whether such companies as Adobe and Microsoft would support Touch Bar out of the starting gate. And of course, as soon as they brought up somebody from Adobe at Apple's media event, I said, well, you know, it looks like they got to work with major developers to make sure that within the next couple of months, they will have touch bar support. They mentioned Microsoft. Now, before I mention anything more about Microsoft, I want to look at something here, which is an article from Apple Insider, which summarizes the basic guidelines for touch bar. And one of them is Apple is nudging developers away from duplicating well-known keyboard shortcuts, such as Copy, cut, paste, save, quit, page up, page down, right? You got that. You heard about that, Kirk, right? I didn't really pay attention to that. I'm trying to remember what they showed yesterday. I seem to recall some of them were things that were shortcutable, if we can use that term. Okay. Microsoft explains how Word, PowerPoint, Excel, and Outlook work with Touch Bar. And they talk about the Word focus mode. So I'm looking... And what Microsoft says, the word focus mode, that will include such classic buttons like copy-paste. Now, I'm looking at Apple's guidelines. They want to discourage that practice. They want to put other stuff in there. But Microsoft evidently doesn't care. Yeah, I've just, I've just found the article that... Um looks at the word focus mode or whatever it is. And I see things like bold and italic and underline and highlighting and, and basically the same kind of buttons you get on a toolbar or a ribbon. 
I think it would be a mistake to suggest that these buttons on the touch bar should not duplicate things with keyboard shortcuts because in my experience, the vast majority of Mac users don't know about keyboard shortcuts. So they're constantly using buttons or menus. Why would it be wrong to have the, the, the same operations available in a different way? I think that would be a mistake. I think there's a tendency here for Apple to want to make developers creative. Microsoft is not going to be creative. We can see that. Well, I disagree with that. And, and maybe we'll get to it in a minute. Microsoft's pretty creative about their, um, about their new computer. But uh, I think Apple wants some sort of a wow factor on this. And as we saw in, in the presentation, um, you know, Photoshop Final Cut Pro, what we saw were the wow factor uses of the touch bar. But telling people not to use, not to provide functions that are available with keyboard shortcuts would be akin to saying, well, in the contextual menu, don't provide functions that are available in, with keyboard shortcuts. Makes no sense. There's nothing wrong with having an alternate way to activate certain functions. And, and I think if Apple really sticks to that, it'd be a mistake. Well, it's a sense of discouraging. As I said, I think it was to encourage developers to try to be creative in what they choose to put there. But really, it's all about productivity. Well, it's all about productivity. You don't want the, you don't want the um, mail merge feature to be on the touch bar in Word. You want the, the functions that you're going to be using most frequently. Um, if being creative means putting obscure functions there, then it serves absolutely no purpose. Well, the thing also is, at least my understanding of the touch bar, is that it reduces trips to menu bars... It looks to reduce trips to finding specific menus. And if there are, are important functions that may be buried a few menus deep, but these are things that a lot of people use and need for their workflow. And I got that impression from the person from Adobe who was demonstrating Photoshop on the touch bar. I think that helps. The key is here, if you're going to have a thing like this, we can talk about the negatives in a moment. You want to exploit the things it can do best, which is to be creative. On the other hand, some of the things I was watching them do with this DJ Pro and with Photoshop, I thought, you know, I have to be a piano player to figure this out. Yeah, the guy was using multiple fingers with the DJ thing. Um, I, I wouldn't take that as a very good example. I thought, actually, it was a terrible example because not only was the music somewhat horrendous, but it's a niche of a niche of a niche that uses macbook pros for djing i think maybe apple's trying to show that they're cool but i don't see it as a very good example um for how we can use these things for productivity i think they want to be flashy there and that was it to show look how flashy we can get look how sophisticated we can be but then photoshop's in the middle where you do normal creative things with a photo but you simply make it easier as the same thing from the person from Final Cut Pro 10. I also notice more diversity, more women appearing on stage. There have been criticisms. Apple doesn't present enough women. And now they had several women there, so that makes things much easier. Okay, so looking at the touch bar, I admire the way they kind of just opened it up in a way that can make you productive. I think people are going to have to get used to it because, as you say, and you will expand on this, people don't really use the function key bar at all that much. And if they do, it's for 
a couple of very simple defined functions. Like, for example, yeah, I, I still, among the last people on Earth, use Dashboard to quickly check the weather or something. I use Dashboard, but I have a hot corner set for that. So I move my cursor to the bottom right corner of the screen, and it displays Dashboard. Um, you can set that in the desktop and screensaver preferences. The, the only real use I have for the function keys, uh, I'm on my MacBook right now. So this is a, a good example. The, the keys are slightly different on the Magic Keyboard, for which is which I use with my iMac. So there's a power button up in that row. That's obviously very important. Um, there's the screen brightness buttons, which I use occasionally. And, well, that's it. Sometimes I'll press the mute button. But if I'm changing volume, so if I'm playing music in iTunes or something, I have a, a utility that has a bunch of keyboard shortcuts for next track, previous track, volume, etc. So I don't use the F keys for that, and, and I haven't in a very long time. Um, I do use the escape key. You know, you open a dialog, and you want to cancel. It's quicker to press the escape key than clicking the cancel button. But all these people who went rapidly... Um, berserk about the missing escape key in that first leaked photo, uh, they just really have to rethink their life choices because, frankly, as we've seen, that escape key is available on the touch bar when it's showing the function keys. So it's really not an issue. Also, if anyone is really worried about the escape key, you can now, in the keyboard preference, in the keyboard pane of system preferences, you can set the caps lock button to what's the word to match the escape key if you don't want to use it for caps lock. You can also customize the toolbar. Well, you'll be able to customize the touch bar, but we don't know if you'll be able to customize only that, what they're called, the control strip, bringing back that old um, utility we used to have um, in System 7 and all. I don't know that you'll be able to customize the touch bar, how it displays within apps other than the Finder. We've got more to come. With Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-441-0335. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. 
It's FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call minicpap.com now. 1-800-441-0335. Again, that's 1-800-441-0335. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves, home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're getting into the weeds here about the new touch bar. And I suspect, Kirk McElhern, that developers will also give their customers the opportunity to customize it for their specific workflow. I think in the end, for this thing to work, people are going to have to basically get used to something they're not normally accustomed to doing. And I think it could work very well. But now we have the other problem, which is I believed oh, Apple will offer this, but it'll be the same price. But they're doing what they did originally with the 5K Retina IMAX. For the first year, it was several hundred dollars more. And then the prices came down. So right now you're getting the cutting edge of the technology the first year, and the price increases from three to $400 on your MacBook Pros. Yeah, it's it's, it's an extremely expensive laptop for for Apple's product line. It's pretty much as expensive as an iMac. If you want to 
make a build to order model like increase the ram from 8 to 16 gigabytes and for some reason the limit is 16 if you want a larger ssd or whatever this can be in a very 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 expensive computer i'm a bit i'm a bit surprised about the pricing choice here it's not the touch bar that makes this hundreds of dollars more valuable it's not that it's thinner and lighter and all that you know i'm tired it's every new mac every new mac laptop is thinner and lighter and it's not a big deal there's really nothing new other than the touch bar the display is the same. Okay, it's better color gamut. You know, tell me someone who's been wishing for a better color gamut who's not a photographer, right? It's not that important. The thinner and wider, it's not that big a deal. These are just evolutions. So I find the difference in price to be very, very surprising. I wouldn't predict, but it's the same thing with a MacBook. Why is the MacBook twelve ninety nine and not nine ninety nine? Because it's thinner and lighter. Well, originally the MacBook, it's it's more than just that. It's got better battery life. It's no fan, so it's really quiet. And, and that's what I'm using now. I'm using the, the 12-inch MacBook, the first iteration of it. I think it's a bit overpriced, but then the MacBook Air was overpriced when it was first launched as well. You know, Apple takes advantage of the newer models being in more demand and therefore pricing them higher. But I think this is a mistake because they're seeing a real in, – in Mac sales recently – and in order for Mac sales to take off, they need to not be increasing the price, but rather reducing the price. I was also very concerned about the way they handled the MacBook Air. They didn't change anything. They just sent the 11-inch MacBook Air strictly for the educational market or the closeout bin. And they keep the 13-inch version unchanged for $9.99. Now, if they said, you know what, we'll take the 13-inch MacBook Air We'll upgrade the parts on it a little bit, and we'll make it eight ninety nine. Why not? They could have done that, and it would be kind of nice that the MacBook Air would have a Retina display. But I understand why they're not doing that. Because um, the MacBook is the replacement for the MacBook, the MacBook Air. Is the replacement with the Retina display, of course. Exactly, and it's going to be a while, maybe another year or two, for the price to come down. It will, but Apple is looking not at just the cost of components, but the initial cost of R and D, which may have been pretty high for touch bar and all this other technology and the refined fans and the smaller form factor. And they're getting it back this year or maybe partly next year, like they did with the 5K Retina iMac. Yeah, I don't know how they calculate it. I think basically they just price what they think the market will bear. Phil Schiller said something, which is we don't build Macs according to price. And I don't know, it's kind of like a certain politician said something and everybody in the audience laughed. Yeah. And I didn't know whether to laugh or cry when I read this. Well, of course they build for price. They have price tiers, and, and they think about it, and they think how they're going to fit something in a specific price tier. And if they decide to raise all the prices across the board, well, that's what they do. But every company that sells products builds with price in mind. They don't just build something and say, okay, we, we're going to calculate now how much we're going to sell it for at the end. It's not That doesn't work like that. But what's interesting is that I'm, I'm looking at a comparison on Apple's website um, apple.com slash Mac slash compare, and they've got all the different base models of the computers. You can get a 21-inch iMac for 1099 or a Retina 21-inch iMac for 1499 yet the new MacBook Pro with the touch bar starts at 1799 Now, I can understand that a high-end laptop can be more expensive than a low-end desktop computer, but that the low-end model of this new computer is more expensive than the low-end desktop with a much bigger display. I find that really surprising. 
You'll also notice, by the way, that after one day of being available for pre-order, two to three week delivery, it's now four to five week delivery. So whatever allocation they have. We don't have, know how many they made. Yeah, we, we have no idea how many they made. Whatever if, allocation if could- they have, they've already gone through it. So it kind of means now that if you order one today, you're lucky to get one by December 1st. And I yeah. guess they're going to have to try to push as many as possible, but it may not help that much in the December quarter. But the people they're targeting for this product are not necessarily the normal user because they're mentioning, for example, on the 15-inch MacBook Pro, you can add not one but two 5K displays externally, two of them. And that itself is kind of an achievement with all the rigmarole you had to go through. And also that Apple partnered with LG yeah, that's to make this $1,299 5K display. It tells me Apple doesn't care about the display market. They're happy to work with other companies. They use a lot of LG parts on their equipment anyway. They're happy to work with them and let them sell the displays. Yeah, if, if I can just go back to pricing, the 27-inch iMac starts at $1,799, which is the price of the new 13-inch MacBook Pro. The 15-inch MacBook Pro starts at $2,399. So there's a real disconnect here. Now, you know, on the one hand, you can say that a laptop should be more expensive because there's more miniaturization and all that, and that's entirely possible. But on the other hand, the 27-inch iMac has a much bigger display, and we know the display is a pretty large chunk of, of cost. It's got faster processors and all that. What we're seeing is a disconnect that Apple seems to be giving up on part of the Mac market, the desktop Mac market, assuming that the niche market, because if you notice this presentation this week, they kept mentioning pros, pros, pros. They showed people using this touch bar with Photoshop and Final Cut and, and a DJ app, not with Microsoft Word or Pages or Keynote. So I guess they think that they're going to get people who are buying this for their businesses, so creative pros, to spend more just because of this touch bar. It just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Assuming this is the trend, one of the things I see here is the possibility, because it wouldn't make sense if Apple doesn't do it, to offer a special magic keyboard with touch bar. Now, it would be a pretty expensive keyboard. Why? But, well, I don't know, maybe $50 more, I don't know. Yeah, $50. I can't. Well, it'd be $150, say, which is not bad because I've worked with keyboards that cost $150, like the stuff from Matthias. But offer a professional magic keyboard And obviously, you can't put a Touch ID in there because you need internal circuitry in the computer itself. But you put the Touch Bar on there, and you make this available as an optional keyboard, or probably bundle it with the next iMac, because I know they're going to upgrade the iMac. And that would be a very important thing because it would spread the joy. We've got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. 
In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, Expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health. A balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential. Reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177. 201-945-1177. EvolveYourself.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next.
So let's just take it down to bottom line here. A touch bar looks nice. I don't like the fact that the height is no more than it is on the standard Apple keyboard. You're desk. basically repeating exactly what I wrote on my website. I haven't read your entire article yet. I'm just giving you my opinion. Well, uh, what, what I want to say is that all of our, we're, we're 100% in agreement here. Or very often we disagree. Uh, the first thing I talked about was the need for a standalone keyboard. The second was the problem of the height of the keys. I have the Apple Magic Keyboard and the top row of keys, the function keys, they're the same height as the rest of the keys. Um, on my MacBook now, those keys are little, and, and that touch bar is it's very little, and it's going to be too easy to hit both a key in the number row and one of the function keys if you, if you do that quickly. Uh, about the standalone keyboard, I think it's really important. Developers aren't going to go out of their way to develop for this touch bar if only the people who own a new MacBook Pro can use it. If you release a standalone keyboard, anyone using an iMac or even some people who use a laptop on a stand with an external keyboard will be able to use it. And it, it makes it a lot more compelling for developers. But as it stands, some developers are going to jump on it because it's a cool thing. But the percentage of people who are going to be able to use this feature in their apps is going to be very, very small until there's a standalone keyboard. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen soon or not. But the sooner Apple introduces that new Magic Keyboard with Touch Bar, I think the better it will be for the success of this. Because as you said, how many developers are going to invest the time to add this functionality unless they know there's a core audience that is of sufficient size? And I'll even go one step further. Um, if they were to release a standalone keyboard with the Touch Bar, You'd get some people who, like me, who own an iMac, who want to try it out, who might like it enough to say after that, well, hey, maybe I will buy this MacBook Pro because I think the touch bar is a good idea. I think the, the price increase on the MacBook Pro um, is such that it's going to scare off a lot of people. They would do a lot better bringing this touch bar as, to, to as many people as possible, which would then tempt people to buy the new MacBook Pro rather than make it a sort of a, a, a penalizing thing that you've got to pay hundreds of dollars more than a previous MacBook Pro in order to get this one single feature. Because again, we'll ignore the fact that it's a little bit faster and it's a little bit lighter and a little bit thinner because every new Apple laptop meets that. The only difference here is the touch bar. It's the only really new feature. Now, looking at this a little bit further here, I understand you normally buy the new Mac hardware, but there are exceptions. And obviously the current MacBook Pro is considered long on the tooth. It's not. Let's consider it that way because of the way the industry moves. So we've got here this brand new MacBook Pro with touch bar and touch ID. The touch bar being a feature that Kirk McElhern will rarely use now, I don't know that I would rarely use it. I rarely use the function keys now. I'm not sure that the touch bar would be compelling enough for me to use if it just reproduces things I can do with keyboard shortcuts. If it introduces a, an ergonomic problem that you're looking down and up, I mean, I touch type, so um, I can press the keyboard shortcut without looking at the keyboard. If you have to look down at the keyboard then up at the screen, this could lead to some ergonomic issues. Well, the thing here, too, is that Apple is also doing this as a political statement. See, we don't believe you should have a touchscreen on a traditional personal computer notebook. But and I we're agree putting with that. all these touch features yeah. on the keyboard so you never need to move your hands up there to the screen. We're putting a lot of stuff down there. Yeah, I, I agree that there shouldn't be a touchscreen on the computer because if you want to discover repetitive stress injuries, 
raise your arm and touch your computer screen a hundred times a day, and you will have the pain in your shoulder that will confirm that this is not something you should be doing. Now, speaking of pain in your shoulder, Microsoft introduced a new line of Surface tablets the day before Apple had its media event. Now, I didn't read too much about Microsoft's media event. I think it kind of fell under the radar. But there is one interesting product there, other than expensive notebooks, an expensive all-in-one desktop, which is designed, obviously, to compete with the iMac with 5K Retina display. But it starts at nearly $3,000. What do you think? Yeah. I think that's one of the most original um, computer designs I've seen in a long time. Um, I looked at this, and I immediately, first of all, uh, if you look at the way it's set up, the monitor has very slim bezels around it, so it doesn't take up much room. And then the actual computer hardware is in the base. Um, so the monitor is connected to this sort of rectangular metal base that goes on the desk. So I like the way that the display, you know, I'm looking at my iMac uh, on my desk across from me, and you've got that big aluminum bar on the bottom. And I think I've mentioned this on the show recently, that I'm getting tired of this 27-inch display that takes up my whole field of vision, and I'd like something more compact. But beyond that, what I really like is this thing where it folds down to, like, a drafting table angle. Now, I don't do any drawing or creative work, but if I could edit text in that position, the ability to change position makes you look at things differently when you're working. I would welcome a computer like that that could change into a different position. Um, I, I think that would actually be very interesting. Now, there's no way I'm going to pay $3,000 for a computer like that. There are a lot of weaknesses. You can't get an SSD with it. It comes with 8 gigs of RAM. So you're going to end up spending a little bit more to upgrade it. Um, but, of course, the biggest weakness is it runs Windows. Well, the thing I see about it also is Microsoft cannot expect to sell a lot of these. They're not selling humongous numbers of Surface tablets. So maybe it serves as a guide point for the industry saying, okay, we're making an effort to be creative here. There are obviously limitations. And the lack of an SSD or some kind of hybrid drive is a key. The fact that it's humongously more expensive than a 27-inch iMac. Remember, the original 27-inch iMac, I think, was like, what, $2,500? It was pretty high, yeah. But one, one thing people are ignoring, that, that this, Microsoft, this Microsoft computer has a touchscreen, and that display is costing a lot more than the IMAX display. Granted, but Apple's reached a point with their 5K display. They can give you a 5K display, a uh, 27-inch iMac, for exactly the same price as the previous models without. What I'm saying is it's not touch-sensitive, whereas the Microsoft is. And I think that explains a lot of the, the difference in price. Okay, all well not, and good. Not defending Microsoft. Um, I think it's expensive, but I'm just saying um, we need to compare things that are comparable. I have a question here, which is more or less theoretical. I haven't read the documentation. If all the computer components are on the base, does that mean you could swap out the base and not have to swap out the entire thing with the display? That's an interesting question. I, I, I haven't seen close-ups to see exactly how it connects. So it has these two arms that come up off the base and that hinge. Uh, my guess is that you've got a bunch of wires that go up through those two arms, or at least one through one of the arms to be able to drive the display. I, I kind of doubt it would be easy to swap, but just think in terms of replacement parts. There must be a way to take the monitor off and, and put a new one on. So you, you're thinking upgradability? I'm thinking the base. Now, the base might have a cover or something, you know, to get in there to replace RAM. Maybe you can pop a cover or something. If you can yeah. pop a cover, maybe you can just pull out 
all the parts and replace them with brand new parts for $1,000 or so and get yourself a brand new computer. But you don't also have to buy the display again because the display is going to last you, what, 10 years? So for a long time, I wouldn't buy iMacs because I would rather have a display that's going to last a long time and replace computers. So like I had a Mac Pro in 2006 and and, and after that I had a Mac Mini. Um, now that Apple, before when Apple didn't have a retina display, um, a standalone retina display, that's when I moved over to the iMac. Now that they do have that retina display that they're doing with LG, if there was a, a similar desktop option available, I might opt for that. I mean, the Mac Mini is underpowered and the Mac Pro is overpriced. Um, but you, you have a good point. If you buy that Microsoft computer, would you be able to, as you say, replace, upgrade the guts and still keep the display? Um, because it is an expensive display. You know, the, the what is the LG, $1299 for the 27-inch? So let's assume that that Microsoft display is worth that much. You wouldn't want to just toss that when, you know, you want to upgrade to a faster computer. More to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top flight image editing app with tons of features and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e-soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org.
Paid not attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Bottom line, Kirk McElhern. You normally buy the new generation of Macs. This is a brand new generation. No. No, 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 Gene. No, I, I've in 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 recent years I've upgraded every eighteen to twenty four months. I've generally skipped a generation. In fact, is what I've done. But um, you do when there's a major Mac upgrade within a year a or so. Upgrade, you're gonna buy yeah. one. Yeah. Within a year, you're gonna buy one. All right. Now we have a major new upgrade for MacBook Pro. By any estimate, it's a really distinctive upgrade. Even though a lot of the changes are things that aren't significant in the scheme of things. You going to buy one? No. I, I thought about it yesterday, and I actually placed an order for one in order to, to get one on hold in case I decided I wanted to. L- let me tell you some of my thinking first. Uh, I mentioned that I'm kind of tired of the size of my 27-inch display because Apple has two displays that they're doing with LG. There's a 21.5 and a 27. Um, the 21.5 is a 4K and the 27 is a 5K. And seeing that display and the MacBook Pro, I'm thinking, I could use this MacBook Pro as my computer with that LG display behind it. So I'd use the the, the MacBook Pro on my desk as the keyboard. I'd be able to see the display of the MacBook Pro plus the display of the LG, which this this is a display that you can raise and lower. So it's really practical. But when I looked at how much this cost, just the U.S. price of the base model at $1799, you know, this is 
the price today of a 27-inch iMac, if I were to upgrade it to 16 gigs of RAM, which I'd say would be a minimum, buy the necessary dongles I would need to connect all my peripherals, it would be as much as I've paid for this 27-inch iMac. And that doesn't even include the cost of the display, which I believe the smaller display is about $700. If, if I put all that together, including Apple Care, you're talking about a $3,000 investment. And, and I'm talking in dollars. The, the investment here in pounds is similar because while you may have seen in the press that they increased prices of all their Macs by 20%, the MacBook Pro price is in line with the sort of current exchange rate. So it's not excessively high. We're still talking $3,000 or, or even, you know, as much as 3,000 pounds. And that just doesn't make sense. Um, my 27-inch iMac, it's got a retina display. It's a great computer. I've had it two years. It's the first time that I've thought that, hey, my main computer will last three or four or even five years. I've got a 12-inch MacBook, which is my second computer. I don't need a portable that much. I use it for testing. I use it for writing books and articles to set things up and all that but it's not my main computer. If this new MacBook Pro was 1299 instead of 1799, I'd probably jump on it. But at that price plus the cost of all the dongles and we haven't talked about that before about the USB-C connectors. It's just I I just don't want to spend that money. Now, this is interesting here. I just read a report which we don't assume is accurate. Touch Bar is an OLED display. Supposedly it has its own embedded operating system. Well, I've been reading that it, it's running on a, a version of watchOS. Yes. And it, it's got its own chip just for managing the touch bar. And part of it is the fact that it's got the Touch ID, which is using, I guess, software derived from watchOS. Well, watchOS doesn't have the Touch ID. It's The, the, the Touch ID is on the phone. But I'm guessing that there is enough of a link between them. watchOS is a variant of iOS. It's a simplification of iOS. But this apparently is running uh, like it's running its own operating system that's communicating with um, Mac OS. Well, that explains, of course, why the darn thing's so expensive. Why? Just because it needs a different OS? And I mean, the, the processor it's using can't be very expensive. It doesn't have to. to uh, it, it, the graphics are very limited. It doesn't have to display anything very quickly. Well, I mean, so it has to if, be pretty if responsive. On if they're tacking on 100 bucks for the touch bar, I'd say that's fair. But the, the increase in price is far more than that. Yes, it does. But it also shows they're not doing this in a very simple way. If you've got to basically have one computer with two different processor families, in a sense, two different operating systems, a touch bar OS and... Come on, this is Apple. No, no, Mac no. OS, sure. I mean, yeah. And of course, Apple does it all themselves. But you also have to see how difficult it will be for other companies to do something like this. Well, that's certainly, that's probably true. Um, I, I mean, so we, we don't know anything about this, but but we can speculate that Apple looked at the possibility of controlling the touch bar with mac os or controlling it with a separate os which probably gives it more flexibility after all it's nothing more than an input device it's just displaying some graphics and getting taps and slides and all that it's really it's a very simple device it is an input device because you're tapping and sliding on it right that's what i'm saying it it doesn't do any computing um, they could have put this touch bar onto their Magic Trackpad. And in fact, maybe we'll see that in the future instead of it being on the keyboard. Um, I think that would be more interesting in terms of usability 
the track, the Magic Trackpad, the standalone Magic Trackpad, um, is fairly large. You could put a two-row touch bar up there, or even a single row, and it would be a lot more usable than having it behind the keyboard. But uh, I don't think, you know, they looked at the options and they found this was the best option, but I don't think that that leads to cost. Remember, if we look at the base model of the MacBook Pro Retina 13-inch, early 2015, it was 1299 now, this new one, the base model with the touch bar is $1,799. It's $500 more, whereas in the past, Apple has generally had the same price for the base model of their new computers. As I said, I think it's going to be the same situation as the 5K iMac and the MacBook. Eventually, that price will come down, but they expect you, the customer, to pay for all the R&D. I don't know how much R&D there is. You know, startup also, remember, there's startup costs also involved in setting up a production line. I mean, I don't know here. Apple doesn't If a lot Apple thinks they're being greedy they or what they think they're doing with this price, because as I said, I don't see it. You don't see it. No, and, and I, I haven't seen anyone yet who's found a justification other than the fact that they're trying to increase their bottom line because they're not selling too many Macs. Now, the problem is, if you're product line isn't selling well, increasing the price generally doesn't help it sell any better. Uh, I believe the last earnings statement, they had sold 5.7 million Macs in the quarter, a number like that. Um, you know, this is a, a this is a number that's going down every quarter. Now, it's obvious that the low end of the market, the low end of the laptop market is gone. People aren't buying laptops, they're buying iPads. And for most people, uh, an iPad makes a lot more sense than a laptop. So well, that may explain why they got rid of these 11-inch MacBook Air. Maybe it's not doing anything. It's it's not, and I think even the education market is happier with um, uh, iPads, and particularly now with uh, all these new features that allow teachers to manage classes with iPads and all. It makes them a lot more flexible than using laptops. Uh, but the going going to the extreme opposite and saying, well, we're going to sell only more expensive laptops now because the cheaper ones aren't selling it just doesn't seem logical and it's turning off a lot of people i'm seeing um you know in, in my comments on twitter and facebook a lot of long-time mac users are getting very frustrated and, and it's not just the price here it's that there's no update um to the mac pro the three-year-old mac pro is still selling at the same price there's no update to the imac there's no update to the mac mini um i know the mac mini is not a huge seller but there are a lot of people who buy them for um, media centers, for small servers and all that. And I think anyone who owns a Mac Mini probably owns one or two other Macs. So there, there seems to be a general frustration with the fact that Apple's just been ignoring the Mac. And what they do is they come out with what a lot of people are seeing as an overpriced laptop instead of updating more of their product line. Well, I think you could have made the same argument about the 5K Retina iMac. Why are they doing this? I mean, it's nice to have that display. It's a beautiful display. But it seemed like you lavish attention on something that would be a luxurious product, which is what they're doing here. And the only concession they're making to existing customers is to sell a version without touch bar and without touch ID of the 13-inch model. That seems to be a rather poor concession as concessions go. And that explains why Kirk McElhern, among other things here, you know, a lot of things added up. And when you add it up, it just becomes really expensive. 
and it really isn't right. Now, maybe next year, if they cut the price 100 or two, maybe it would be. But we can ask you that question next year. We don't know now. And, you know, you've had this love-hate relationship with larger iPhones, too. Before we go I, on, by the I way... I have mostly a hate relationship with larger iPhones, but Well, that's that fine. is true also, more hate than love. We have a special feature of the show called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. What this means is that you get a version of this show with better quality audio, commercial-free, for a low subscription rate, plus.technightowl.com. More to come with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillows supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com. Sunshine-pillows.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, all in all, looking up the Apple Media event, I give it a grade C. I think people would have felt a lot more comfortable if Apple addressed the elephants in the room. And you see these media opportunities. They're talking to Apple. They're talking to Craig and the Phil. And they're asking all about these new features. And they give you this nonsense. Well, we don't build to a price. Yeah, right. What about the question? Hey, Phil, Mac Pro, Mac Mini, iMac. What's going on, man? I would say the Mac Pro is... is 
an embarrassment for Apple that they're selling a computer that's three years old that when it was launched was decently specced. Um, I don't do work where I really care about processor speed that much. And I had that Mac Pro for about six months. I really liked it. I think it's a very cool computer. But three years later, they're still selling it for the same price. I think that's just embarrassing on Apple's part. They don't want to admit that they've failed. They don't want to upgrade it. They should just kill it off. Well, the thing that bothers me is you make this presentation, we're catering to professional users, and they're showing you reasons why they should and why professional users who have the money might consider these products. But then you don't mention Mac Pro. Now, he could have said, hey, Mac Pro users, we got some great ideas. Stay tuned. That's all. But why isn't the media asking them that question, or are they eliminating it from the interviews? I, I think if they were to say, hey, pros, we're going to do something with the Mac Pro, that would dissuade people from buying the new MacBook Pro. So, so maybe they it is they want to see what happens with the sales and see what kind of demands they get from professional customers, possibly larger shops they talk to privately. And they say, you know, this is good. Maybe we'll get a few, but we need a Mac Pro. And then maybe make that final decision, but it will come in the first quarter of 2017. Maybe. So. Th- So the problem is that Apple has three options with the Mac Pro. One is they kill it off. The second is that they upgrade it, but they keep the same form factor. And that's generally what they do with computers every year, year and a half, two years. You know, we saw the original Mac Pro, which was an extension of the, what was it, the G5? Power Macintosh G5. It didn't need any more liquid cooling. Didn't need any more antifreeze. But it was the same form factor, and they updated it, and they updated the Mac Pro a couple of times in the cheese grater aluminum tower before they came out with this model. The other option is a new form factor, and a new form factor is a large commitment, especially for a high-end computer that's not going to sell a lot. Again, it surprises me that they're not either upgrading the innards or lowering the price, because it really suggests that they're out of touch with the market. If no one's buying it, they should either kill it off or lower the price. If they still want to keep it alive, they need to upgrade it because let's say you're doing the kind of video rendering that uses, you know, multiple Mac Pros or something. And you'd committed to that three years ago when it came out. And you want to upgrade your computers because they're not fast enough. You're going to look at Windows PCs, which can run the same software these days. Uh, You know, all all the software that people use for that sort of thing are available on both platforms. You're going to look at Windows PCs where you have more of a possibility of upgrading than think about buying any more Mac Pros. As I said, I think Apple is asking those questions of professional users. And they're going to look at the sales picture and the demographics of this product to see what to do next. Because they didn't just kill this 11-inch MacBook Air because it was so popular at 899 They killed it because they just weren't selling a lot. People felt for $100 more, I'll get a 13-inch model. Okay, fine. They don't want it. We'll just push all the sales for 13 inches. We also hope that the MacBook is going to be the replacement eventually for those who want a retina display. And that's a compromise. I hope it comes down in price. So again, this might be a period of transition for Apple too, to see where to take the Mac line, because You didn't build this MacBook with Touch Bar and Touch ID and not spend a fair amount of money. It took them a few years to do this. I've heard up to four years to do this. I don't know if that's true or not. It may have taken them a lot less. But there's a lot of engineering work behind this. And if you expect the platform to go away 
were to fade out, you don't put this kind of investment into it. So they're looking at a future. Of course, they say they expect to see notebook computers for another 25 years. And I don't know about that. I don't believe that for a moment. But at least if you're investing in the platform, they have to realize the downsides. We don't have to tell them anything. They know that already. The amount of money that they spent on developing this is chicken feed for them. Um, It's a drop in the bucket. It's very possible that Apple is planning to get out of the the, the computer business entirely, that they're just going to focus on um, iPhones and iPads and maybe the Apple TV and, you know, a couple other things. They can't do it because historically it's a computer company. No matter how bad computers sell in the future, Apple will have to continue to sell computers. It, it would be a gross admission of defeat for the company that made you know all these personal computing revolutions to drop out. Remember, Apple, Apple does research on tons of products they never ship. The research that they've done into Touch ID can also apply to this Touch Bar. The research that they've done in the Touch Bar can also apply to some other product that they're probably going to be coming up with. Maybe a, an in-car display. Maybe, uh, as I said earlier, they can put a Touch Bar uh, on the Magic Trackpad. So I don't think that they're this is not a company that is that desperate for profits that they can't spend a billion dollars um, maintaining all of the research and development and prototyping necessary for their computers. Sure, but if you're going to support the platform, it makes sense to do this investment. I think if they were going to let the platform die, they'd make an investment, but it wouldn't be this substantial. It's like, could be this be the last gasp? I mean, how much more can we innovate in notebooks, oh, this is something we can do. Let's try it. But beyond this, what is there? Because everybody well, else is coming out with notebooks and there really isn't any innovation to speak of. All you're seeing, of course, is the two-in-one. Yeah, I don't think there's much innovation left. And, and the same that there was no innovation available on the iPod, the same that there's very little innovation available in the iPhone, in the iPad, um, and I don't know how many times I've said it on this show, we've reached a point where we've had all this massive um, growth in computing power and capabilities and, and media types that we can handle, but we've reached the sort of end of the line. There's nothing new in the current iPhone other than the camera, and even the camera technology itself isn't new. It's just the way it's applied in the, in, in the iPhone itself. We're in an iterative state in computing. After going through a few decades of what is what was really a, a revolutionary state you know it, they they had an interesting thing in this presentation uh, this was 25 years since the first apple laptop which was not the first apple portable computer some some of us remember that really heavy portable computer that apple made that was um, two years earlier the macintosh portable you know it's funny that's about the first paragraph in my commentary today on technightal.com this is a friday morning when we're doing this that was the first paragraph that apple doesn't mention that and the reason is the power book 100 was a direct ancestor to this kind of computer it led the entire industry to that kind of notebook form factor but as i recall it was actually built for apple's specifications by sony i don't know who built it and it wasn't i don't think it was the first notebook computer of its type 
the, the Apple Portable was was just a weird thing. It was like carrying a boombox around. Um, it, it wasn't the same. But so what's interesting seeing this? My first computer was the PowerBook 100, um, and as they showed all these these pictures in the video of the different Apple laptops, I was thinking, oh, I owned that one. I owned that one. I owned that one. And I've owned about a dozen of these different Apple laptops throughout the years. But look at the evolution that they've made. And even if you compare um, that first PowerBook to the new MacBook Pro, and they put them side by side, there's not that much of a difference other than miniaturization and improvement in, you know, the display and, and the addition of Wi-Fi and things like that. You know, new input, output, faster, everything. But it's still the same computer. It still has keyboards and a display. And we're not going to be able to change that in the immediate future. The, the only way... Not too many people use um, speech recognition on their computers. I do. I use Dragon, um, the, the the Nuance app for speech recognition. Um, that's the biggest change that you could make to input data into your computer. You'll still need a keyboard for lots of things. You can't do it. Well, you could do almost everything with Dragon, but not everything. We've got um, Kirk McElhern for one more segment of the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Warning, if you've recently declared bankruptcy, you're going to want to change the station. Because there's an alternative to bankruptcy, and it could be faster than you'd ever think possible. But if you've already declared bankruptcy and have missed this opportunity, you'll want to change the station now. Here it is. Right now, the company that has resolved more credit card debt than anyone in the U.S. may be able to settle your debt, too. You could reduce your debt with one low monthly program payment. If you call right now and qualify, Freedom Debt Relief will show you how low your monthly program payment could be for free. Call now, 1-800-557-3965. That's 1-800-557-3965. If you're struggling with debt, this could be your answer. And the bigger your debt, the more money you could save. To find out for free how much of your hard-earned money Freedom Debt Relief could help you save, call now, 1-800-557-3965. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 
60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. Blockitpocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at blockitpocket.com or call 888-315-9618. Blockitpocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We've got Kirk McElhern, who worries about the fact that as he gets into his element and things get interesting, the little commercial clock on the wall says, no, no, you got to do a break. And by the way, that's yeah. how it works, by the way. We don't have the computer in here, but we have a very strict network clock because we have to sync this show to 80 different shows on GCN and... The commercials are set up with computers and they have triggering mechanisms. And if we make it blow up, they freak out. I understand. I understand. I'm I'm just used to you cutting me off when I'm starting to say something interesting. Well, continue. Anyway, with my, something my point interesting. was simply that that we're not going to see an evolution of the laptop. It's not going to change into something radically different unless it already did, and we have the iPad. So all we're going to see is is continual refinements. We saw we saw these big big changes back in the day where you know oh you can you know read a CD or a DVD and oh you don't need a CD CD or DVD anymore or now you've got an SSD instead of a hard drive these were big technological changes but there's not much the the processor speed doesn't matter for most people RAM doesn't matter storage doesn't matter you know these things will keep increasing incrementally and it won't change anything a laptop will still be recognizable as a laptop. And even those kinds of changes are not really super major. It's just changing input devices and changing out components with more modern components and ports and stuff like that. But the overall form factor is so similar. I mean, I even did this when I was writing a book, one of my first books about OS X. And I said, take a look at the original Mac OS and the basic fundamentals of that operating system with all the things you think have changed is still very much the same. You can take a person from 1984, bring him into 2016, and you know a lot of stuff about the Mac they'll figure out. 
They, well, 84, no. I think you'd have to get up to like System 6, right? So you're, you're getting up but to... System 6 didn't look altogether different it's because they added MultiFinder for multitasking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is sometimes known as the WIMP interface. Windows icons, menus, pointer. And this hasn't changed, and there's no reason to change it. It may not be the perfect interface, but it works, and everyone's familiar with it. And, and there have been alternatives suggested over the years with you know 3D things and stacks of documents that rotate and stuff. But people are used to it. It makes sense. And, and you know when you think of it, this is kind of how you navigate an iPad. You've got icons, and some of them are in folders. Um, your pointer is your finger. You, you don't really have menus, but you've got buttons, and it's not that different. It's, not, it's, it's an extension of that interface. Exactly. In any case... I don't know. Touch bar looks interesting. Whatever Apple had to do all the I think it's a very compelling technology, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out. I just think that it's not going to take off until it's available to more people. Uh, I think that's a shame. Um, The the other thing we didn't talk about, which you probably might want to say a lot about, and I really don't care about, is their new TV app. Since it won't do anything where I live since most of the TV channels don't have apps anyway. Um, and since it doesn't include like the two big players being Netflix and Amazon prime, I really don't see what the point of it is. It doesn't support Netflix TV. No. Ah, uh, that's too bad because the only reason I use an Apple TV and I have a third generation, I didn't get the fourth generation because my response was why? So I have the third generation Apple TV Occasionally, I rent from Apple, and I access my Netflix account, which is on or off, depending on whether there are shows I want to watch. Yeah. No, I think the problem is what Apple's trying to do with this is, in the States, you have a situation where you've got all of these cable channels, which they're not technically networks, but they're things that are only available on cable. And each one of them has made an app, or most of them have made apps. The, the ones that you would want to watch have apps. So what they're trying to do is get into a situation where instead of using a cable subscription, you can get this stuff over the Apple TV. It's very U.S.-centric, which is fine. They're a U.S. company. But the fact that it ignores Netflix and Amazon is, you know, it's just wrong. I, I, I understand that they don't want Amazon and they don't get along. But Netflix is one of the big, I mean, it's the big way people watch TV these days. The the Amazon thing is interesting. Do you remember that last year uh, when Apple released the Apple TV 4, shortly after Amazon said that they'd be creating an app for the Apple TV? They still haven't done that. And we don't know if it's because Amazon doesn't want to do it or Apple doesn't want to authorize it. Well, remember also Amazon would not sell Apple TV. That's another thing, which I think is just dumb. But, you know, that's how it goes. They're more and more competing with one another. As for Netflix, I think eventually they could work some kind of deal with Netflix. I think that's something that's doable. And I think it can. And remember, too, that not all the TV network apps require a cable subscription like CW TV. The CW is this network owned by Warner's and CBS and has younger oriented programming, including all the superhero shows, which you care nothing about. But their app is available for Apple TV, iOS, Android. You get commercials on it, yes. But Ah, you don't need to prove that you're a cable TV subscriber. It's the same as logging into their site. Here's the app. And they have special features and stuff to, to get you to watch special promos and videos and such. Yeah, okay. So uh, I'm not familiar with that 
thing, the CW, whatever that means. I'm pretty sure we get some of the shows here on things like Netflix and Amazon, however. Did I lose you? Well, the CW, like I said, is an American network. Okay, it's like the fifth network. You have ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. It's like the fifth network. But is it... do, Do they have broadcast? Of course they do. They don't have the clearance of the other four networks. They don't have the ratings of the other four networks, but their demographics in this you know, you 21 network, to 54 they, they age group. TV. Pardon? They do broadcast TV then? Yes, of course. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'd never heard of it. They don't um, have so the I'm number just, of clearances. As so I'm just looking the on four. their website, their current shows. And, and so there's one called Arrow, which I believe is on Netflix here. That's Green um, Arrow. That's the Green Arrow character, right? Yeah. Um, they have The Flash. They have Supergirl. The they have Legends of Tomorrow, which is all the lesser DC characters in one ensemble show. Now, they do fairly well against the networks, very close to the bigger networks in demographics. So they got that 21 to 54 age group, whatever it is. That's where they do well. Not as high, but sometimes they match them. And okay. sometimes they're maybe two thirds as much. And that's why they do very well, because it's a very loyal, loyal audience. Okay. I, 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 there's only a few shows here that, that have made it over here. Um, again, I don't watch. Um, so the equivalent to cable over here is, is Sky, and it broadcasts by satellite. Um, I don't watch it. Uh, it's, it's too expensive. So they may have some of these shows, but um, there are a couple that I've seen on Amazon or Netflix. Yeah, they have some of these on Sky. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? You can check me out at my website called Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where, as Gene constantly says, I'm the iTunes guy, and I write about iTunes and Macs and a lot more. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. 
Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We got Sean Ani joining us from Techno Buffalo. Welcome back, Sean. Thank you for having me again. The Microsoft event. I think it almost flew under the radar because Apple kind of sucked the air out of the room the very next day. But the thing I noticed about Microsoft, we can talk about the value of the new Surface products, is it's expensive, folks. (sighs) Especially that studio is, what, three grand? That's more than Apple charged for the 5K iMac with Retina display when it debuted. Yeah, I I was a little surprised by the price. This definitely feels like it's not a consumer product, but more of a professional product. But even at that, that's a pretty hefty price tag. Now, I could see I can take a 27-inch iMac, and I could really put lots of stuff in there. 
you know, the bigger drive, the bigger solid state drive, max out the memory and the processor and the graphics card. And it's really only the solid state drive that pushes it up there. But does this even have a solid state drive, the studio? I'm not sure. I They spent so long talking about those hinges that everything else kind of seemed to, you know, they, they said how the hinges make everything drift to the background. It seemed like everything did drift to the background because they would not stop talking about those hinges. So it hinged on that. Yes. <laughs> God, I don't know what they think they're doing. Why are they selling personal computers? There are a lot of companies out there. Can't they just maybe work with them to help them push their designs forward? Well, we saw the same thing with Google with the Pixel phones. Why did this year, did they decide that they needed to make the phones as opposed to bringing someone in like HTC as they had in the past? Well, HTC is still building the Pixel phones, so that's kind of crazy. Right. Yeah, it's it's very odd. I don't know why we're seeing this new trend. I think maybe it is a chance for them to try to copy the success of Apple, who has always made their own products. But even then, I'm I'm still not sure what's the motivation here. And the thing is, too, you could basically duplicate the generic parts that Apple might use. Hard drives and processors and stuff like that. But Apple's got so much custom stuff going on there. Nobody else can duplicate that unless they hire their own processor designers and they don't do that. Right, exactly. Uh, Microsoft, you know, used outside parts. They... I don't know. I don't know what the motivation was. I, I mean, I will say it was very cool watching what the dial can do. I'm not sure how valuable that is to your everyday Microsoft user, but it was still a very cool feature. But again, did they need to do it themselves to make that work? And by the way, there is a product called the PowerMate from Griffin Technology that does a lot of what this product from Microsoft does. Yeah. No, th- this is not the first time we've seen a product like this. And Griffin's been making that thing for what? Well, over a decade or more? I think so. I mean, it's been around for a long time. You know, just a fast story of neighbors about Paul Griffin, the founder of Griffin Technologies. He used to sell video adapters to make your graphics card on your Mac to a PC display or something. And... That's how I first met him in the 1990s when he sent me a couple of these things. But that's where he started. But yeah, they've come out with a lot of stuff. All right, so let's get back to that. Not so much about the auxiliary hardware, but about the computers. What Mm -hmm. is there special about a studio that says, this is worth $29.99? I couldn't tell you. Okay, because we're still talking about the hinges. Yeah, I mean, I did listen to everything they said, but it just... It, it was, it's a workstation. And, you know, yes, it does some nice things. You know, it, you can put it into different configurations, but that's not worth $3,000 to me. No, and I can get a 27-inch iMac with 5K Retina display for $1,799. doesn't have the fastest hard drive, doesn't have as much memory as I want, but it's 5K. And I've got this thing here if I want to go Windows. Now, what about the new Surface tablets? They're also expensive. You mean the Surface Book? Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive. I don't know. I know people that have used it absolutely love it, but I don't see why it's worth how much they're charging for it. And you see when a Windows fan yells at Apple, 
expensive. And we can talk about that in a moment, folks. Expensive. You're overcharging. And then you look at Microsoft. Well, is that the hint that Microsoft should take? It's the same argument that we have with Google, with the Pixel phone by Google, for the same price as the high-end Samsung and the high-end iPhone. And you think, you know, we're the new kid on the block. We're using commodity components. Why can't they sell it for $200 less? Yeah. Now, I, I looked it up while we've been speaking, and the station is using a hybrid drive. The Surface books are all SSDs. So the station is not even using a full SSD. It's using a hybrid. Well, we understand with Apple, with the 27-inch iMac, they use the Fusion Drive, the hybrid. Right. Mm -hmm. And they do offer terabyte SSD. And now with the new MacBook Pro, they've got a two-terabyte SSD. But wait till I tell you what it costs. You're a freak. I won't do it. I won't do it. (laughs) But at least Apple's offering that. You know, Apple's offering that. Yeah, the only options on the station are one terabyte or two terabyte, and they're both the hybrids. Yeah, I mean, what about an SSD? There are plenty of SSDs out there. And one way they could undercut Apple would be to charge less for them, because Apple is really overpriced on SSDs. I mean, to go to a terabyte SSD from, say, a 256 solid-state drive on the new MacBook Pro is $600. But for $300, I can buy a terabyte solid-state drive. Yeah, no, the, Apple's always been overpriced on their components when you want to upgrade them. I, it's quite common, you know, at least in the past with, say, an iMac, that you, know, you go ahead and get the base amount of RAM, and then you go to a third party and buy the, you know, the actual amount of RAM that you want in the computer. Because Apple has always overcharged for those extra components. Well, that's a big argument we can get into in a moment. But let's just get back to this here quickly. Mm-hmm. And that is... With the Surface, was there anything there that advanced the state of the PC art other than the various pretzel-like shapes in which you could put your studio? Not that I saw. You know, I I never sat there and thought, oh, that, that's really innovative. It's, yeah, it, this is a very specific computer your average person is not going to be bending it down and, you know, like they showed leaning on it, which I'm sorry, that's still going to make, would make me nervous as heck considering how much this thing costs. I'm not going to put my body weight on the screen and it's going to get quickly uncomfortable. If you're trying to hold your weight back while bending over it to draw, it's going to kill your back. But other than that, there just, there really wasn't anything that was like, screaming at me that this is something new and bold. Did they hold this the day before Apple thinking they can get a leg up on publicity? I mean, they didn't even give themselves enough time. A week earlier, they might have gotten a few days of publicity. Exactly. You know, it's not unusual for people to hide bad news inside of an Apple event, as we saw with Vine being announced as being killed off just as the Apple event was about to begin. You don't want to go up against the Apple event. Uh, Just about everybody in the industry knows that. So you're exactly right. Why didn't Microsoft go a week earlier? It made no sense. 
And as I said, I had to really stretch myself, you know, other than going to a dedicated PC site, stretch myself to find much or any information about the Surface books or any of the th- that Microsoft is coming up with. We got more to come. We have Sean Ani. He's with Techno Buffalo. That's technobuffalo.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. ProPure water filters, making water great again. Taste and feel the difference with state-of-the-art filter technology. Pro1 G2.0 and ProMax filters are independent lab-tested to NSF standards. Choose from gravity, countertop, pitcher, shower, and inline filtration products. There's a ProPure for you. Buy risk-free today. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. America-made food storage I love to eat. Yum! In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my 
my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo is joining us. And we were talking about Microsoft's undercovered event introducing a new surface including the surface studio which is a nice nice piece of kit as far as a all-in-one desktop but sharply sharply overpriced now moving to the apple event one thing i noticed is very interesting here is apple is basically telling us they're no longer going to build displays they had this thunderbolt display for a few years they discontinued it and during the presentation they said well we work with lg and they've got this new 1299 5k display it looks kind of you know not really fancy design it's kind of squared off design because i guess they're selling it also for the generic pc market but isn't that saying a lot that apple says hey here's another company's product if you want a 5k display a standalone display Apple's presentation said a lot of things. Uh, that was very interesting. We did see what appears to be the end of the cinema display. You know, they didn't officially say it, but yes, that definitely looked like the end of the cinema display. We also saw the death of the MacBook Air. The well, half death. They're keeping one model in the stock. Okay, half death. But I, I feel it's clear that the Air is on its way out. The whole event was very odd. You know, there was no update to any other Macs than the MacBook Pro. There was no new iMac, no new Mac Pro, no no Mac Mini, nothing. And, and the thing just, here is interesting is I read a few interviews with Apple people extolling the virtues of this touch bar, which we'll get into in a moment. But wouldn't any journalist say, hey, Phil, Mac Pro, Mac Mini, iMac, what's going on? If I had been there, I certainly would have asked that. It's very unusual that they're they're continuing to keep those products on these older generations. And even with the MacBook Pro, we didn't get the latest generation of the Intel processor. We got one generation back. Is that because it's just really shipping in decent quantities? I think so. But still, it just felt very odd that there's already a newer processor out there and here comes Apple saying, here's this wonderful new MacBook Pro. Ignore the fact that it's a one-generation-old processor. That's not unusual for Apple. Yeah, but it's, just, it's still, when we've waited this long, it just felt like a letdown a bit. 
as I said, it might be timing. I don't know. Because yeah. they don't know what kind of cutoff they have to have in having a certain number of processors. But let's look at this because I was ragging, as you were, on Microsoft for the high prices for the Surface Book and for the studio. And I was basically predicting, and I feel like a fool now, but then most people believe I've been a fool for years. I feel like a fool for saying, well, the prices will be the same. Maybe they'll even cut them a little bit with the new MacBook Pros. Whoa, was I wrong. Yeah. I mean, if you want to fully kit out the 15-inch, you're looking at $4,200. And that's just insane. But I mean, even the starting prices are insane. The touch bar is interesting, but I don't think it's that interesting. And the implicate, you know, they were trying to imply that that DJ had done all of his music with just the touch bar. There's no way. You know, the touch bar is a nicety. It's going to give you, I, I mean, I like the idea that it's going to give you program specific shortcuts. That's kind of fun, kind of cool, but it's kind of fun, kind of cool. It's not a point that would make me decide between one computer over another. I can see the productivity benefits, and I think the Adobe person was more accurate that you take the raw work and certain functions being represented on the touch bar, make it easier to use those functions, and they speed you up a little bit. And that's nice. I mean, it really does nice things, and I think if you allow for the imagination, the creativity of a developer, it can be really good. The problem is also it's not high enough. And I think after watching the DJ with his fancy fingers, I think I'm not a piano player. And I think the average person who seldom uses a function key except for one or two keys every so often, they have to get used to this thing. This is for a specific audience, and that specific audience is going to consist of creative people who are willing to take the time to learn how to do these things. There's a new skill there. It's not just pressing a key. It is being able to integrate the key and the multi-touch into your workflow. And the average business user is not going to do that. I'll give you an example here. There's a statement from Microsoft. They're going to support Touch Bar, which surprised me. I figured Adobe and Microsoft would be the last, but I ended up being wrong because Apple reached out to them. But Apple's guidelines for developers for this new Xcode 8.1 and Touch Bar say, you know, don't use the common things like cut, copy, paste. You know, try to be more creative in what you do. And Microsoft shows the word focus, and it says, it'll dedicate keys for the cut, copy, paste, etc. So, of course, Microsoft is really listening to Apple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the sort of things I would want up in the touch bar. You know, if it cuts down how many keys I have to press, okay, that's kind of nice. You know, it you know may help my workflow. But also, my muscle memory is such, you know, I, I've been using computers since the 80s. I, my muscle memory is what it is. You know, it's my first thought's not going to be to reach up to that bar. And if it's not on your desktop computer as well, you know, you're going to get mentally confused switching between desktops and laptops. You're every, a lot of people are going to forget that touch bar is up there. I suspect Apple will come up with a magic keyboard with a touch bar. I, I do too. I, I think that will, come down the road at some point, yes. 
it may be something that's already under development and it's going to come. And they'll sell it for maybe $50 or $75 more than the existing one. That will make it work. And I think that's what gets developers to move. I don't think Adobe and I don't think Microsoft would have spent time to build support for Touch Bar if it's only on one model. They had to have been assured by Apple, no, no, you're going to see more of our computers use this down the road. That's a very, very good point, and one I had not thought of yet. Yes, I, I'm, I have to agree with you. I think that they definitely promised them that there's more to come down the road. So once again, this is Touch Bar, but let's get back to this here. Apple, like any company, gets resistance for its high-end products. Apple's been attacked for selling Macs at too high a price. Now, if you look at the components and you look at the way they're equipped and everything, it's a fair price. But now we've got something way out of left field here. And I just wonder how many people are going to look at this, especially businesses who are thinking of going Mac. And we have this success story with IBM. And suddenly you've got this MacBook Pro with Touch Bar and Touch ID, three to $400 more. Is that going to work? Does Apple know something you and I don't? Well, the other thing you have to add in is how many adapters you're going to have to buy. They went with only Thunderbolt 3, which is USB Type-C. They only went with those connectors on the computer, except for the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, which made me chuckle, because that means that you cannot use the earphones from your new iPhone with your new MacBook Pro, because it's a lightning adapter. So... Let's imagine a meta world where they come out with a lightning to 3.5 millimeter adapter. The world might implode from the irony. But you also currently cannot connect your iPhone to your MacBook without another special cable because the iPhone still uses, yes, it's a lightning cable on the end that plugs into the phone, but it's a USB connector on the other end. Yeah, but they'll come up with one. That's going to be USB-C to lightning. That's got to be in the works already. Yes, I, I totally agree. But at this point, you know, since the iPhone 7s have already shipped, you know, those people are going to have to go buy that cable. So that's an additional cost on top of the computer. That, I just went to Amazon, by the way, and I just selected Apple certified lightning to USB-C cable. It's, it's a Type-C cable. And... It says here it will cost eleven ninety nine. This is a third party, but supposedly certified by Apple. Right, and there's been a lot of talk lately about quote unquote Apple certified products on Amazon. But yes, those cables are going to exist, and twelve dollars is a very small price compared to the price of the computer. But still, that's another twelve dollars. You know, would it have killed them to include one legacy USB port, or at least so th- a free adapter? With the product of, they're selling this computer so expensive, you can't throw a couple of adapters in there in the box. Huh? Exactly. Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. 
You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Also, check out the special version of our show for Tech Night Owl Plus. We give you a commercial-free version, and we give you better quality audio. For a modest subscription fee, our price, cheap. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. What do you see there? Simple sign-up instructions of how to get the commercial-free version. Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. We're talking about the Apple Media event. Maybe the downsides, but I think the larger question, and we'll explore it in the next few segments too, is how far can we take notebook technology? Because Apple made a big deal of this being 25 years since they had the PowerBook 100. And Sean, don't know if you know this, the original PowerBook 100 was assembled by Sony. Regardless, you have this forerunner of the basic notebook form factor. And Apple says they can see it working for 25 more years. Really? Yeah. It was interesting to see that original PowerBook up there because... While a lot has changed, a lot hasn't changed. We have been living with this same basic form factor for a quarter century. I was thrilled to see you know, the uh, trackball again. I, I do not miss trackballs. Uh, you know, but you're right. I mean, do we have another 25 years of this clamshell design? And I'm not sure that we do. Now, they may be kind of fooling you saying, you know, maybe it would have a different form factor or something else. They're thinking of notebook computer in the tradition of the PC. 
Right. Yes. That might be it right there in the tradition. But again, is this touch bar as far as you can go? Apple's not going to embrace two and one. We see the ergonomic problems. You're mentioning issues with, for example, the Surface Studio. Mm -hmm. That could really kind of do some hell there. So what's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, if the touch bar, I I understand why they put it up at the top of the keyboard, but that's not a natural place for you to reach up to because it's so far from where your hands rest on a keyboard. Why not put them to the side? That would have even, I think, felt a little bit more natural to me. Do a split bar. I know that's two OLEDs, higher cost. I understand that. But up there at the top, there's a reason that a lot of people don't use function keys, and that's because it's they're so high up there. So what's going to be the difference with this touch bar? Is that going to be where your hands naturally feel like they need to go? And I don't think so. I think there's a learning curve there. But as you say, where do you put it? You want to keep it very compact. And you're looking at this row of function keys, half height, which also bothers me. What do we do with this? Because as you say, how many things do people do on it? You know, I still use Apple's dashboard. And so I'll click on what is F12. Now, F12 takes me to the dashboard where I see the weather for Mesa, Arizona. Actually, Tempe, because it won't show Mesa. And I know that it's 81 as we're doing this show. And I have something else also that's kind of a resource monitor for my iMac. So if I start hearing like the fans running, I can check this and see, ooh, looks like there's a lot of resource usage. I should go and check activity monitor. So I use a few of those function keys, but here it's like being a piano player. You've got to learn how to play the piano on small keys. Right. I don't know. I I think it's an interesting step forward, but how useful it is remains to be seen. I think it's going to depend on how many, yes, it's great that Adobe and Microsoft are using it, but how many people are actually ever going to use it. I I would be fascinated to know that down the road. And that's not the sort of data that Apple would ever share with us. I think the touch bar is here to stay for at least a few generations, but how people use it is going to be really interesting to see how that works out. I think in Apple's quest to make this MacBook Pro as small as possible, they should have put a full height touch bar, not a half height. Because I think that also hurts it right there. Because for all purposes here, people will have to learn to use this. This is a new skill. This is something you haven't done before. It may integrate as seamlessly as the person from Adobe demonstrated during the media event. It may really be great for creative types. And it would be a boon for them. But I think the average person, I don't know. Well, then again, Microsoft is making a deal of it. So maybe when you're working in Word or Excel or something, if you get accustomed to this new functionality, well, we had to learn how to use touchscreens. So I don't know. Maybe it would work. But it also shows Apple's political viewpoint here. You see, we'll put a touch thing in there. It's a touch bar, but there will be no touchscreen on a Mac personal computer. Yeah, and that did cross my mind yesterday. Couldn't a lot of what the touch bar does couldn't have been just done via touchscreen. Apple does not seem very interested in the touchscreen concept. 
So anyway, there it goes. What's your overall look at this? Do you think the MacBook Pro is the ticket to boost Mac sales now? Or is Apple figuring sales are going to be down anyway? Let's get a little more profit. I would say the latter. I I can't see at these price points that they think sales are going to jump dramatically. Uh, you know, yes, we did go a very long time between updates. You know, there's a lot of people that were sitting around waiting for a new Mac, you know, so that they could finally upgrade theirs. But I don't see this being a big boost to sales. I see this being very much the standard, you know, status quo and people that are already in the Mac family will probably stay there, but I don't see this bringing people in from other sources. It's hard to tell. Right now, it looks like they've sold their allocation of MacBook Pros. If you try to order one, where before it was, what, two to three weeks shipping, it's now like four to five weeks. That's after one day. So there is evidently a pent-up demand. And maybe, just maybe, it'll be like the 5K Retina iMac, where after a year or two, the price comes down to what it was before. And you're paying for all the upfront costs. That I do feel is going to happen. I do think that eventually, you know, a year or two down the road, we will see these go back to the old pricing. But I, I'm glad that I don't need a MacBook Pro right now. So there you go. Apple's media event. One other thing they were talking about there, a TV app for the Apple TV fourth generation that kind of abstracts all the network apps you have on there. So you can look at the content. I want to find a particular show. I want to go and look for possibilities that interest me. And it makes it easier, but I'm told it doesn't work with Netflix. It does not work with Netflix or Amazon Prime. Well, Apple and Amazon, well, they're in different planets. Yes. But the fact that Netflix is not there... I, I mean, I was somewhat intrigued. I, I have a, a Apple TV, so, I mean, it's no big thing for me to add this app once it comes out. But, you know, it, it was an interesting concept. But as soon as I heard Netflix wasn't involved, it was like, oh, well, okay. I, I'm not as interested as I once was. Well, you know, Apple was supposed to conquer the living room, I thought. Apple has said that in the past, and... This is definitely not the route to that end goal. I'm not quite sure if they think this is a step towards that, but it's definitely, I I could see, you know, I, I've speculated many times that, you know, possibly they were going to try to make the, the Apple TV more of a Echo competitor for Amazon, you know, make it more of a smart home hub have it doing more with your home and this app is not that that's for sure and it doesn't give you 4k support on the apple tv that's one of the big criticisms i had where's the 4k support all right i know that we have the high definition color and all that and maybe that's part of the problem because it won't be available that much online but we'll have to see we got more to talk about with sean ani of Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year, 
You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Attention small business owners. Want to save money on your employee health insurance plan? Learn the little-known solution that could save thousands of dollars on your health insurance benefits and save your employees money, too. Call Health Markets for a free consultation, and one of our 3,000 local agents will show you how to make health care reform work for you. We'll design customized solutions for your business that can lower health care costs for you and your employees. We'll work directly with you to determine your needs. We search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide. You'll also find out if tax credits could save you money. Best of all, the service is free of charge. See why Health Markets has enrolled Americans in more than 2 million insurance policies. You don't have to wait for open enrollment to lower your cost. Call now. Find out how much you and your employees could be saving. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 800-930-5137. That's 800-930-5137. 800-930-5137. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, Amasi's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. Amasi's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Extendivite, a seven-herb combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Extendivite is designed to strengthen the heart and arteries and help the body heal itself. Doctors are not able to explain the improvements they are seeing in their patients' health who are taking Extendivite. People who once needed more pills are now taking less and getting better. Due to the unexplainable improvements in their patients' health, more doctors are calling to order Extendivite for themselves. Help Extendivite make your doctor a believer. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Hi, I'm Dr. Craig Samet from Anthem. Did you know that premature birth is the number one cause of death of babies? That's why the Anthem Foundation is working with the March of Dimes to fight to end premature birth and birth defects. But you can do something today to give them tomorrow. Your support means programs, education, life-saving research, and a voice for families in the newborn intensive care unit. Together, we can help save babies' lives. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org slash tomorrow.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo, and we covered a little bit here about Apple's Apple TV. And it's last year's hardware. It doesn't support 4K TVs yet. And you have this new TV app coming out later this year. No support for Netflix, but maybe they'll come later. Maybe that's something that needs to be added later. Regardless, you know, it seems to me like a product that has some good ideas, but it's just not really all there yet. That has been a problem with Apple TV for quite a while, I feel. And on a personal note, I am a huge hater of the Apple TV remote. I think it is horribly designed and not fun to use whatsoever. That's definitely, you know, the the Apple TV is not my first go-to when I want to do anything other than watch what I've purchased through iTunes. So even with this TV app, I don't see myself going there as opposed to other streaming devices that are out there. There, there are some wonderful devices. I just don't see this making me go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start using the Apple TV more. It, this is a nicety. This is not a selling point. This is not a conquering of the living room like Apple has wanted for years. No, it's just kind of a modest update, more or less, to what they had now with an app ecosystem. Now, maybe there'll be a new version, a fifth generation, that will take it to the next level. We'll see. For me, Apple TV is iTunes and Netflix. Of course, any device can get me Netflix. But I have the Apple TV third generation. I am trying to think to myself, maybe should I get a fourth generation? I can even buy them on eBay and save $20, $30, brand new, supposedly, in a box. And I thought, I have things I can do with that money. And what is this going to get me? I'm still going to be watching Netflix. I don't need that. I watch, what, five, six series on Netflix. And I binge watch for a few weeks. More often than not, I cancel my membership and start again a couple of months later. Because they're happy to have me back. And that's it. I don't need that. So I live in a place, by the way, where you get free middle-range dish network as part of the development. So I don't need any of this other stuff. So who's conquering the living room anyway? Is it now going to be AT&T buying Time Warner? Oh, that's that's an odd situation. In a former life, I was uh, involved heavily in the comic book industry. So the idea of AT&T owning DC Comics is a, a frightening thought to me. Please tell me this. I'm a big comic book nerd. Yes. Tell me about your former life. Oh, uh, I owned a comic book store for 15 and a half years. And oh. I also uh, worked with some comic book related magazines and also worked with a comic book publisher for a while. So yes, I I'm heavily, heavily involved at one time in my life in the comic book industry. So AT&T, you know, at least now we know who is Batman's cellular provider. Uh, it's, Imagine this, this now AT&T owns Bugs Bunny. If this deal goes through mm-hmm. Harry Potter, cause they do the movies. 
Yep. Superman, Supergirl, The Flash. Yep. A large chunk of the CW. They would own CNN, TBS, TNT, HBO. There's a lot of arms to this deal. And I'm surprised that it was AT&T that went after it. You know, there were some rumors that Apple had talked to him. I could have, that would have been a, a far more interesting deal to me because then what could they have done with the Apple TV? What could they have done with media content through iTunes? There, there's all sorts of things they could do. The, the meshing of AT&T and Warner Brothers is, or Time Warner, excuse me, is a, a bizarre one. Even with DirecTV involved, it's, it's just not a deal that makes a lot of sense to me. A comment from Steve Case, the founder of AOL. Remember AOL, Time Warner from what, mm-hmm. 2000? That was the deal made in hell. We're using yes. that word now, the H word on commercial radio. All right. His response was deja vu. Well, I had not heard that. That is interesting. Because if anyone knows bad deals, I'm not saying that, you know, at the time Steve Case made the best deal for him. But if anyone knows the warning signs, I would say it's Steve Case. Yeah, but he left that deal with tons of personal money. Nobody ended up poorer for that. But the thing where AOL went after that, it's trip. Because, you know, I was working with AOL in the 90s as a Mac forum leader, and I got a nice paycheck for it. And then they sort of phased that out as they moved to give up their local forums and everything. So, you know, eventually they laid me off. And then they got so big, they thought they could make this AOL time warner kind of thing and that was of course when time magazine was still part of it before it was spun off and now i don't know about this but then isn't at&t in the same boat as say comcast owning nbc universal yeah i i i think that's one of the things everyone's looking at i just don't know i a lot of it is i look at how much money apple is sitting on you know, with their ginormous war chest. And again, I could have seen it making a lot more sense for Apple. AT&T, I'm just still not quite grasping it. I just, what are their overall plans for this? That's where I'm really confused and befuddled. And I'm just not quite sure what sort of integration they're looking at. Well, you know, all these companies talk about synergies and everything Mm -hmm. where is it here i don't see it i really don't and part of me wants to see you know this get through all the regulatory hurdles that it's going to have to clear just so i can go okay what exactly was your plan here let's let's watch what happens well you see this is interesting here about being an equal opportunity offender so we have the announcement a week ago AT&T wants to acquire Time Warner in an $85 billion deal. By the way, that's a lot less than the deal with AOL. But forget about that. That was year 2000 funny money. Still, this is real money they're talking about now. And both Democrats and Republicans say, wait a minute. Now, that's pretty good when you can get both parties to be negative about what you're doing. That's a pretty high achievement. Yeah. I think this is going to have a a lot of uh, hurdles to clear. There's going to be a lot of hearings, you know, both 
you know, AT&T and Time Warner feel that it's going to clear all the hurdles, but I think it's going to be a very long road. Well, obviously, they're going to have to do kind of what they did with Comcast, which is they have to agree we can't charge more money to other cable or satellite companies to license our content. We can't do that. They're going to have to agree to a whole bunch of things to allow this to go through. And still, it's going to have to be a really high jump here to make it possible. We've got more to come with Sean Ani. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Diabetes is at war with your circulatory system. Fight back with Cardivite. Cardivite is a dietary supplement containing powerful herbs for circulation and healthy cardiac function. Improve your energy, stamina, and mental acuity. Reduce swelling, cold hands, and risk of amputation. Get your blood flowing with Cardivite. This five-star rated product was developed by a diabetic pharmacist and is available online at www.getbloodflowing.com. That's www.getbloodflowing.com. Want to build a maintenance-free, low-and-slow charcoal briquette fire that burns for hours? For free, MeatMastersRadio.com will show you how to build a low-temp charcoal fire that's guaranteed fiddle-proof. It's easy and free. MeatMastersRadio.com teaches charcoal barbecue skills on new topics every week. Go to MeatMastersRadio.com. That's MeatMastersRadio.com. Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. See website for details. Need some extra cash today? Do you have bad credit or maxed out credit cards? If so, turn your radio up. 45cash.com is one of the nation's largest personal loan networks with over 50 different lenders. Now you can get a personal loan for up to $5,000 with any type of credit discreetly from your computer or smartphone and with no paperwork to send in. That's right, no paperwork whatsoever. Your cash will hit your bank account as soon as tomorrow as our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Visit 45cash.com and you can have up to $5,000 in no time. Just have a checking account and a regular source of income and you can get the loan you need now, regardless of your credit. Go to 45cash.com from your smartphone or computer to get the cash you need. Visit 45cash.com. Type www.45cash.com directly into the address bar. That's 45cash.com. 45cash.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN.
Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call one 800 958 9256. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-9256. Call 1-800-958-9256. 1-800-958-9256. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So we're focusing on Time Warner, AT&T, now, the other thing that's so interesting, don't forget now that AT&T is a descendant of Ma Bell. Remember back in the 80s, mm-hmm. they split apart Ma Bell to become Baby Bells. And yep. all those little Baby Bells, they're consolidating into a smaller number of Baby Bells. They've become huge telecommunications conglomerates, and they're all in their own ways trying to recover their luster. So, of course... Verizon's doing it in a different way by acquiring AOL, Huffington Post, which was acquired by AOL, and then Yahoo, which, of course, there's other issues about Yahoo we can talk about. But with all this, AT&T consolidated all these different wireless carriers to become singular wireless and AT&T, and they acquired DirecTV, which is the largest satellite company. And now, of course, it's Time Warner. What's next? I mean, wait a minute. Will they then go after Verizon and try to reconstitute Ma Bell? You know, I, I've wondered that. I, I was fairly young when that happened, but I, I remember it being extremely big news that you know Ma Bell was being broken up. And it, it's been funny to watch over the years as they've shifted and moved. And some, it's been kind of like watching a, a blown apart amoeba that that's trying to rejoin itself it's been very odd i don't know what's next i think this is if this deal goes through i think it's going to open a floodgate and i think we're going to see all sorts of mergers that we would have never even thought of before i thought they were cutting back on the floodgates i i thought they were too but this if this goes through i really think that we're going to see a lot of stuff start to happen I don't know that I want any of that stuff anymore. I mean, in the past, I didn't care so much. But now, as we get into more and more of this, this is driving me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. And I I wrote one story about the Time Warner deal that, you know, even if you don't think this has any impact on your life, Time Warner has its fingers in so many different businesses. You know, if you watch... HBO, 
the steel impacts you. If you watch the Big Bang Theory, a lot of people think, oh, that airs on CBS. What does that have to do with it? Well, it's produced by Warner Brothers Television and licensed to CBS. That is going to be part of this deal. If you watch CNN, if you watch TBS, there, there's a lot of parts to this. And AT&T will be in pretty much every part. Of, it will be in your life in some way, shape, or form if this deal goes through. Now, I have to tell you, I am an AT&T customer. I've had AT&T wireless since like 2007 because of the iPhone. And every mm-hmm. so often I think, you know, should I switch? And part of the reason I don't is because one of the users on this account is the co-host of our other radio show, The Paracast, and he lives in Camp Verde, Arizona, which is kind of off the beaten track. And so in order for him to have good cell phone service, I'm kind of stuck with Verizon or AT&T. I don't think Sprint or T-Mobile would make it. So, all right, I'll leave it be. But right now, I'm not using any other service from AT&T. But obviously, as a comic book person, I watch The CW, which is partly owned by Warners, and I'll continue Mm -hmm. to watch that. So I will consume their product, even though I'm not paying more for it. But I don't know. I hope they put so many limitations on this that they don't let it happen. Like I said, there's part of me that wants to watch it just for the, I want to go get a bowl of popcorn and go, what happens next? But in general, I'm I'm not thrilled by the idea of the deal. Well, if it doesn't happen, there's a breakup fee. Because again, I look at the picture here and I can't see any advantage other than just having control of a market. Time Warner is not losing money. AT&T is not losing money. DirecTV isn't suffering except insofar as cord cutting makes them suffer. So what's the point? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what's in this deal for Time Warner. Because like you said, they're not losing money. So what was the reason to even entertain this idea? You know, it may be a personal financial thing where the CEO figures he can leave the company with hundreds of millions of dollars. Because remember, they already sold off Time Warner Cable. Of course, anyone who ever used Time Warner Cable knows their customer support rivaled Comcast for being horrible. Right. There there was a time where I, I think all the companies have improved. But yeah, there was a time where it was not good. Well, they have to improve now because it's not easy to get a customer. They've got to do different things. DirecTV, by the way, as you probably know, is going to have a streaming service like Dish Network Sling TV, where you get like a slim bundle and it'll be just online. So you can just consume all of your ISP's bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah, that's... uh... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I've been uh, using sling TV for some time now, and it's a nice service and I'll be interested to see what direct TVs version of it looks like. But yeah, that's, that's a whole nother kettle of fish when you get into the usage of bandwidth. Uh, As I live in somewhere where they have very heavy bandwidth caps and each month towards the end of our billing cycle, I'm looking at the charts going, are we going to make it? It's it's getting rough out there with uh, how much data is being used by every service under the sun. Oh, well, I don't know. That's going to be something that has to be resolved. I want to hit one more thing here. 
before we let you go. And that is this thing that happened last week regarding Internet of Things devices and kind Mm -hmm. of being taken over to attack Dyne DNS, which is a company that provides DNS services for different firms. I think it affected PayPal and other companies. And the point being here is that a lot of these sites were so clogged that they went offline. Now, I gather some of these so-called Internet devices were like webcams and such. I hate, by the way, the name Internet of Things. Who could I I blame for that? I don't know. It's not my favorite term either. It's clunky. It's hard to type. The abbreviation looks silly. I, I don't know how we got stuck with that. Yeah, but we're stuck with it. So how did this happen? And is it because nobody's paying attention to all these little crazy devices they have hooked up in their homes? I think so. It's funny, about a week before this attack happened, we actually had done a piece on where we interviewed a hacker about the possibility of this and that there is a botnet out there now that can go out there and find devices that are unprotected and use their their abilities to start the attack. I think that as we've welcomed more and more you know, items into our homes, we are opening ourselves up to this sort of thing. And as we saw, I mean, that was a massive attack. I mean, it took down large chunks of the internet. And as we add more and more of these devices, as we add, you know, smart refrigerators and smart washers and dryers, those are all little pieces of processing power that this net can use and launch that much larger of an attack. Why do I need a smart refrigerator and a smart washer and dryer or stove anyway? The only reason I want a smart washer or dryer is because my washer and dryer are in the basement and I always seem to mistime it and go downstairs way too early to change the load over. Uh, I would love, I would love for my washer. Set an alarm on your iPhone or something. I'm going to have to. (laughs) I hate doing that. Siri, give me a warning when the thing's going to happen. We've got one more segment to spend. We're talking about this Internet of Things hack and more with Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e-soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code 
legendary to cash in on the special deal at namecheap.com namecheap.com why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years what if you had no contract no activation fees no hidden costs tracking tracing harvesting customer data or draconian gimmicks all on america's largest 4g lte gsm and sprint networks introducing pix wireless activate your sprint at&t or unlock gsm phones with pix and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own starting at only $2.99 per month get connected now call or click 1-866-205-9513 or pixwireless.com spelled p-i-x wireless.com pick picks and get connected today there is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Okay, so let's talk more about this particular subject and maybe how to protect yourself. Well, first thing you need to do is just make sure this botnet currently is not smart enough to get around routers. So if your devices are connected to a, a router with any sort of firewall in it, you're going to be pretty safe. You're, it's you know the botnet's not going to use your 
uh, spare devices to be part of the attack. The problem is that a lot of people do leave everything just wide open. You know, they they leave their passwords and usernames set to the factory defaults. So it's very easy for the the botnet to get in there, find the devices, and just use that little extra piece of processing power to make their attack that much bigger. So just make sure that you've set up your firewall and whatever you do, do not keep the default usernames and password. Do not use admin and password. You have to change it to something. Now, isn't that also partly the problem of the manufacturers for not considering these possibilities? I mean, this is something they could have done because a lot of these things, you're not going to log in. You're not logging into your webcam, are you? Right, exactly. I mean, there are a lot of routers now that come with unique passwords. Uh, there's a couple that I have that the password was printed on the bottom of the the device and it was completely unique on them. You know, so that's good. You know, that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. As for these devices, yeah, I mean, I have drop cams to watch security and. You know, I logged into them the one time I got them, set them up, and I never touch them again. They do just sit around. Yes, mine are behind a firewall. But, you know, in general, as we're bringing more and more technology into our lives, we're going to have more things like this happen because there are people out there that that's all they do all day is think about how can I do this? How, you know, you've got all this extra processing power. I want it. How am I going to get to it? And they just sit around all day and that's all they think about. This is obviously, obviously something that everyone's going to have to deal with. But most users, we have hundreds of millions of these devices, and most users are not going to even know how to go back into those devices and figure a way to set a secure password. Would there have to be special apps that'll do it? Why trust them? Yeah. Of course, the easy solution is just don't bring more devices into your home, but Someone like you, someone like me, we're going to bring more devices into our home. That's never going to end. All the webcams I have are on Apple devices, and obviously there's some security there. When you buy the standalone devices, that's another thing entirely. Yes, exactly. If you start bringing in all these smart home products, you know, it, it's you're just opening yourself up to that many more attack vectors. And so it's a trade-off. You know, do you want to invite that? possibility of that much more trouble in your life does it really add that much more convenience to the way you live you have to think about these things but the average person is just going to go this is neat i'm going to buy this and they're never going to give any thought to the security aspects of it to make matters worse this is the first successful attempt there may have been others now that they know what they're doing i assume hosting services DNS services, they're learning ways to protect themselves against this. But then again, if you're being inundated by all this extra traffic, is there even any protection? There are things you can do. I I would hope that Dyn had a lot of security around it, but it's sounding to me like it may not have. It, it may be something they just never thought about this sort of attack on their systems. I, I would say that the co large companies like that are going to get smarter as time goes on, but unfortunately it's going to take large scale attacks like this for them to learn those lessons. Well, that's going to be after the fact, isn't it? Yep, for sure. It's very much going to be closing the barn door after the cow got out. Which isn't very much fun. Let's just close this out before we have a final segment here. Today, one more time, 
What do you tell our listeners about how to protect themselves if they can? Just make sure that you've gone into your router, you changed your username, you change your password, make sure that your security is set as high as possible. Yes, it may cause you a little bit more inconvenience, but it's going to make your devices that much more secure and you won't be part of a problem like this. Well, there you go. Keep yourself safe. Let's see what happens. Let's just look a little bit towards this holiday season coming up. What do you think is going to be the hot ticket? I don't know. There really hasn't been any one thing this year that everyone's talking about. Like last year, it was you know, Sphero's BB-8 uh, remote control droid. This year, I really have not heard any one must-have product. It seems to be kind of very even keel. There, there's nobody out there going, this is the must-have item this year. Well, obviously, they're going to be selling you know, a lot of smartphones like... Mm -hmm. We normally do. But what about things like the impact of Samsung's problems with the Galaxy Note 7? Is that going to push people to buy the Pixel phone? Well, you can only get it from Google and Verizon. Push people to buy other Android handsets? Or is Apple going to stand to be making a lot of money there? I think Apple's going to be the biggest winner out of this deal. Especially Samsung, I've seen so many reports uh, saturday night live even for the past two weeks has made jokes about the note seven fires and they never once have correctly said the name of the phone they keep calling it the samsung galaxy or the samsung galaxy 7 they are not saying note 7 and i think that's a common misconception out there is that people aren't realizing it was one specific phone i think the entire samsung phone line is going to be marked by this incident and so i think you, this holiday season you're going to see a lot of people you know and there's also the chance that people may go well i was going to get them a samsung tablet but i heard samsung had some sort of problem so i'll get them an ipad instead you know i i think samsung's going to have a rough holiday season because of this do they ever recover their reputation i mean i was looking up the other day and we have to go in about a minute i was looking up the other day how companies like johnson and johnson faced with a serious customer crisis were able to handle this through proper management but samsung isn't doing those things you're not seeing the ceo of samsung coming on tv and we understand they may have to be a translator if he doesn't speak english saying we take this seriously we promise to our customers to do better and to make the safest products possible. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Samsung has not handled this from a PR perspective correctly. They've been very, well, this is the problem, and here's how you return the phone, and that's been about it. There's been no other messaging coming out. That is not the right way to handle a situation like this. This, of course, is Samsung's inability to do crisis management. Sean Ani, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find us over at technobuffalo.com where we cover all the latest in electronics news. We cover all sorts of different information related to technology. So make sure to check us out at technobuffalo.com. You can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We have a second radio show, by the way. It's about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called The Paracast. And to celebrate the holiday weekend, the long holiday weekend for Halloween. We observe Halloween on The Paracast, talking about ghosts and UFOs. We've got a gentleman from Canada 
name of Chris Rutkowski. One of the things Chris does, by the way, is he has this killer imitation of the Max Van Saito version of Ming the Merciless from the Flash Gordon film. Killer version. So if you don't care about the UFOs, you don't care about the ghosts and all those mysteries, listen to that. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And one more thing. I originated that term, by the way. I'm licensing it to Apple. And one more thing. We've got a special version of this show, which is called Tech Night Owl Plus. That's plus.technightowl.com is the site to go to. And we give you a commercial-free version of this show. We also give you better quality audio. And to get all this joy, you just have to pay a modest subscription fee for it. To learn more, how to sign up, all that good stuff, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Sean Ani, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.